Welcome into another sick podcast episode with Draft Vogel. I'm Draft Vogel, John Vogel. You can follow the show on Twitter if you're not already at SickPod NFL Draft. You can follow me at Draft Vogel. My co-host coming in here in just a minute at Gam Scout Justin Gamble. You can follow him. He's probably going to end up on hot takes exposed or cold takes exposed anyways again. So maybe it'll be entertaining. Uh, we got Shane back in the studio with us today. So Shane, let's get this thing rolling. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick podcast with Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, with the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the sickest NFL Draft show. It's gonna be sick. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening. That's the beautiful thing about a podcast. I have no idea where you people are. That's probably really nice. Regional shows are different. I have an idea where you're at. You might be listening online, but for the most part, you're in the area. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of listeners and I've been really grateful, really excited about where this thing's going. And the Sick Podcast Network continues to explode. I don't know if you saw, but we just had my guy Tyson Tyson Bajan, excuse me, wow, on uh, Adam Rank and Tyler Scott show uh, over there on Sick Podcast Bears. Let's go ahead and bring Justin in. And Justin, how we are we didn't doing do our vocal war- We didn't do our vocal warm-ups, and it shows right there, bro. Oh, it did? Oh, dang it. <sighs> yeah. Well, next put time. that down. Put that down in the notes for the sustains and improves. It's going to be an improve. Yeah. We're going to get our vocal Shane, warm-ups. That down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, boy. Doing good, man. Fresh off an avalanche win last night. And uh, it's don't even really... don't don't even go. Okay. I won't. I won't. Thank I won't. you. Yeah. Thank you. It's but yeah, it's getting colder outside. It's starting to look like football weather out here in Colorado. So, um, and we're you know we're knee deep in it, which is great. Finally getting getting to that time where we can start looking at like actual tape over you know weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's starting to make sense to us, and things are starting to click. So this is pretty cool. This is... you know, and, and that's what we what I talked about was the reason that I do what I what I do what I do with the show and not just talk about the prospects and stuff and get really get into more advanced stuff on on scouting in general is number one because you know I, I think in my intro I said this BC Bricado was known for that. Bricado one of the one of the great all time scouts in the industry was with the Houston Oilers and then the Tennessee Titans for a very long time. Just always sharing his knowledge. I think that's the first step. But the other thing is when we're in the beginning of the season, it's so easy to overreact to a week zero performance or a week two performance. When these guys are fresh out with their schemes and new stuff coming out, now that everybody's kind of collectively gathered stuff on everybody, we're really starting to see certain players shine. And uh, that's what we definitely want to get into tonight because I have this great idea, Justin. When we talked about it, we talked extensively about it today before recording. I think we need to do a top 10 it's the sick podcast big board and we're going to create this big board by taking turns drafting prospects are you taking credit for my idea was this your idea i don't know let's look at was our it? text chain was let's it look at our text chain and see was it was it i'm pretty sure it's my idea buddy <laughs> i'm pretty sure actually if i'm being if i'm being honest i i stole the idea for the concept of it from Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on moving the chains. 
which is one of the great podcasts in the NFL draft. If you don't yeah. listen to that, that's another really good one to catch up with. But they do a fantasy they do, format. They do do that. Yeah, yeah. Where they draft rookies. Wow. Yeah, it's like yeah. they pick like three rookies, a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver, a tight end, and they put yeah. him in, and whoever has the most fantasy points at the end of the week wins, and that's what they do. And I think they get they get people involved with that kind of stuff. But that's I think we need to do a a top ten big board for the yeah. show. That's our initial big board to go out uh, the top ten prospects of the NFL draft, and we're going to take turns picking them. And I think you should go first. I mean, it's pretty easy here. I think if we're gonna do a big board, I mean, I got to go quarterback, and okay. uh, I, would, I would have to take Caleb Williams right now. Okay, I don't want I don't want to overthink it. I know he's had some tough weeks, and I know Drake May is looking, you know, looking solid too, minus the loss from Virginia. But he didn't play well, bad in that game. But yeah, uh, that's uh, I was about to add that. If you go back, well, let's touch on Drake here. Let's talk about Caleb. Sorry, just gonna say Caleb. I don't think anything's changed for me. We talked about him last week. Um, I don't want to overthink a talent like this. Um, I he's my pick. You know, I, I well, again we've talked about him ad nauseum. It's just each week I keep seeing new opinions on him and new who he's not better than, who he is better than. It's kind of getting old, but I think if we're just boiling it down to this class, he's still he's still my top guy. Number one, number one prospect yeah. in the class. Yes, sir. Okay, so clearly he's got a very good arm. Uh, effective consistently around 55 to 60 yards, very effective throwing the ball off platform. Uh, he, he throws a very beautiful touch ball, excellent arc, could deliver it over defenders, has a very flexible release, can make throws from multiple release angles and arm slots, ridiculously quick release, low release point, sees a few more batted down footballs to the line of scrimmage, so that's probably my first con right there. Yeah. Accuracy at all times is uncanny. Uh, throws some ridiculous footballs. Overall, very strong placement, can make just about any throw on the field. Does struggle to layer more difficult throws between coverage zones. Um, positions. He's kind of like what Matt Stafford was when he was first coming to the league, where he would throw that's fastballs fair. a little too often. But I think that'll come with time. That'll come with time. That's, that's good. That's a good one. So actually, that's that's very accurate. Points, uh, positions in the pocket fairly well. Can be too quick at times to leave it, looking to create. Sometimes will hold on to the football too long, takes unnecessary sacks. So I'm not entirely impressed with his pocket positioning and uh, po po uh poise i think sometimes he he'll he, he doesn't have a good feel for when to leave and when to be there uh so that's probably about average maneuvers the pocket like a pro though his maneuverability is great uh when he has to get out of there has a natural feel for where defenders are and how to escape to space has some lower body issues inconsistencies that come down to his lack of a clear mechanical motion very fluid through his drops, and his feet end up all over the place. Uh, good quickness, gets to his break well, gets lazy sometimes in his drop, plays speed, plays his speed down to his opponent. Uh, obviously, very mobile guy. We talked about his improv. He's an elite improviser. He can extend plays. Ridiculously intelligent. We'll try to force the football through windows that aren't there at times, almost putting too much faith in his arm talent abilities. Uh, but he reads pre-snap very well, doesn't run into situations where he puts the ball into harm's way very often overall yeah minus the notre dame game what a scouting report <laughs> good report huh yeah that's like pretty it. good yeah that's pretty good 6005 220 junior out of gonzaga high in washington dc he was a five star was a number one uh quarterback recruit coming out of high school yes he was yes so. he was 
Yeah, that's that's there's our report on Caleb Williams. So you went Caleb. I think everybody knows Drake May is going to go second overall. But yeah. for the sake of a big board, is a big board about where they're going to go in the draft or is it about best overall talent? Best overall talent. Who's the best at what they do? You know, and so you're, you're going to hate You're not going to take Drake. No, I'm not going to take Drake. Drake. I, I think Drake is going to be a really good quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be the second best prospect in this class. Like when, when all is said and done, you're going to kill me for this after our conversation we had before we talked, before we did the show. Uh, who are you, I'm looking <laughs> at my list. Like, who are you taking? I'm going to take Olu Fashanu. I like Offensive that. tackle out of Penn State. Uh, on the Senior Bowl watch list this year, also Bruce Feldman's freaks list, 6'4", six, 5'8", uh, six, 321 pounds. Did you know um, we share a birthday? You and Olu. Yeah, but I'm six years older than he is. So. Didn't you guys celebrate together last year at SeaWorld? Is that, <laughs> is that I wish. Else? I ah, wish. That would have been great. Sucks. That out of uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga College High, Waldorf, Maryland, three-star coming out. Uh, it was considered the 50th, Phil Steele's 50th best offensive line prospect. He's played well beyond that. Did not play the COVID year. I think he's got good quickness and speed. Absolutely suitable for the NFL level. He won't be a guy that you ask to pull or move into space, but a guy who can be very effective moving downhill. Uh, very strong anchor, maintains his leverage very well. And will reset his feet when he starts to feel off balance. He's an extremely measured prospect. Exciting with the way he consistently counters and defends his pass rush attacks. He's very controlled, consistent run blocker. His college offense doesn't translate too well to the professional level. But it was a very mature decision by Alou to return for one more season with just 12 career games. Uh, to his credit, he only had played in 12, started 9 coming into the year. Just due to injuries and the red shirt that he took in 2021. Um, but when, I mean... World class, world class, and he, just what he can if do. If he would have come out last year, he would have been a top ten pick. So the fact yeah. that he did return is, is in my yeah, I think in both of our opinions, probably a pretty mature decision to say like I, I need more reps. Um, he moves a lot lighter and better than most people his size. He moves like a guy that's two inches shorter and a lot lighter. Um, so that is a huge plus. We talked about this before the show today that he he had a little bit of a tough game against Ohio State. Um, against how do we say his name? Number forty-four on Ohio State, JT Tuiamamal. Don't ask me; I have no idea. Tuiamamal. We're just gonna say JT. 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 No, yeah, the defensive end from Ohio State gave him a tough game, and we we said this though. JT is one of the few college pass rushers who you will see that has grown man NFL power and jolt in his hands, and I think his he he isn't the typical fly off the ball speed rusher we see from a lot of these undersized college guys. He's not really undersized. And I think he kind of altered his timing a little bit during that game. Quite a few of the reps where he, you could see him kind of set up Olu's hands and then he would win the length battle by, you know, kind of throwing off the timing, a little jab step and he would get into Olu's chest. And I think he won a lot more reps than people anticipated going in. I don't think it means Olu's any less of a prospect. It's just, this is what he came back to college for is to, get some of these important reps and see some of the things he wasn't able to see last year and just kind of get more experience under his belt. And, um, you know, that Ohio state game was probably a big learning experience for him because it, you know, it was a little ugly, but I don't think it's anything to really, to really worry about. So well, I, I, it's not just, it's not just this Ohio. It's every time Olu has played Ohio state and faced JT, 
he's had issues. JT and JT's most of his college production has been against the Lou. <laughs> like you go look at the rest of his production, like last year, most of it, not, like eighty percent of it, was in that game. Against, so it makes you wonder: is, is it something we knock Olu for? Are we worried about no. how he handles speed to power? Like, what do we? No, what do we not at all. There? I think I don't know what I, I haven't diagnosed what the problem is with that. I don't know, but what I do know is that if let's say the Tennessee Titans draft a Lou to be their left tackle because they could really use one right now, and they very well may be picking very high in the draft next year. Uh, if they take a Lou, if I'm the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or the Indianapolis Colts, and I got a late first-round pick or an early second-round pick, I'm taking JT because I know I have to play the Titans <laughs> two times a year, and I'm going to go put him up against a Lou. <laughs> Because that's the one guy. This is the one, like you know, that's it's gonna that's gonna be a really rare. Like we don't normally see that kind of thing. But yeah, I, that's what I'm doing. If I'm if I'm in that in that division, I know I got to play that guy twice a year. I'm drafting JT strictly for that game, and I'm taking him a lot higher than I probably should <laughs> because <laughs> he's the because player, huh? yeah, he's gonna he's he's the cheat code. So uh, yeah. but no, I think I, honestly, I think that's. That's going to help JT by itself is the fact that he had games. He's not a top 10 guy. We're not going to get into him, but like that's going to help his draft status. Just the fact that he had two really good games against Alou and was very productive in those games. Yep. Yep. So agree. Number three, go ahead. Let's see. Let's hear it. Justin. This is my pick. Yep. I mean, I don't want to leave Drake may on the board. You okay. know, because he's a quarterback, but I'm going to leave him on the board after okay. everything we've talked about. And even after we've crapped on this guy over the past few weeks, um, I think I'm still going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's He does have the some of the maybe the flaws that we've talked about. He does. He doesn't handle press super, super well. His release package needs some work. But a guy at that size and that probable speed is going to transform a passing game one way or another uh the way he tracks the ball vertical the way he gets vertical at his size um the things he's able to do on the boundary his body control i think there is a lot of validity to how high he's gonna go it's just because no matter where you put him even if he's just a threat even if he goes to an offense that doesn't have a great quarterback or a a big time passing offense he he transforms the way defenses are going to have to look at you now and game plan for you and um I do wish he was a little better with the ball in his hands, but at 6'3", 210? 205, yeah. 205, yeah. We're not, you're not going to get Jamar Chase out of this guy. That's just not what he's going to be. So, um, yeah, I think for number three, I, I got to take the top receiver currently in the draft. Yeah, that's fair. I think he was he entered the season considered a top 10 prospect by most NFL teams. Uh, he's yeah. listed as a top 10 pick on NFS and is the number one prospect at Ohio State. Um, very solid speed. He should run a sub four five forty. He flashes some very solid body control. Good acceleration. Shows the ability to step into another gear to create space toward the end of the route. Similar to Jamar Chase. <laughs> Just saying. Excellent yeah, explosiveness. Um, very solid footwork throughout the route. Good on timing concepts. Controls his feet well to position himself to create separation. He has an impeccable ability to create separation mid-route with his body leverage. Uh, he, he's can work several releases and get through press. Although he doesn't do too well with physicality. That's one of the things we've harped on 
tries to show yeah. that he can work the sideline with two feet in bounds. Uh, got a lot better over 2022. He's looking really good there now. Excellent hands and catch radius. Waits till the last second to flash the hands. That's an underrated skill in a wide receiver. When you wait, you know, and you like you bait that guy to get down close to you, and then you you pop the hands like very last second, and then they react, but the ball's already there. Very. I mean, uh, and it works the other way too. Like some guys, you'll see flash their hands early just to draw pi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> Put up your hands a little bit, and then the DB is all over you, and you're like, the ball's not even here yet, bro. Like you know, so it, it does go both ways, and I think he's really really good at that. He gave Kalen King. A hell of a day against Penn State. Um, not as high as Kalen King. I'm not, I I wasn't size. either. Yeah, size. I'm just saying Kalen King is like one of those guys that people were like, oh, he, you know, this is going to be a big matchup, and he's a potential top ten pick at corner. I no. haven't seen that, but I'm just saying, regardless no. of what you thought about Kalen King, he had a tough day against Marvin Harrison Jr. So yeah, I think on the broadcast is worth pointing out that they actually mentioned that they said, well, everybody's talking about Kalen King and and. Uh, and Marvin Harrison, I think Joel Klatt said this. But he said, but I really want to talk about Olu Fashano against these Ohio State edge rushers, blah, blah, blah. You know, so <laughs> what does that tell you? Some people actually know what they're talking about. Um, Joel, Klatt. Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson did a great game. Oh, yeah, man, those, they are, always those are do. two of the best. Yeah. Always. Gus is a legend. Fist bump before the game. Gives you chill bump. Goosebumps. Gus is on my top 10 board for sure. Yeah. Has, uh, he's got <laughs> good vertical ability, flashes the no all to shield the catch point from defender. From the defender with his kit with his body uh ridiculous ability to catch through contact spectacular spectacularly holds on through egregious contact uh did seem to struggle with concentration in 2023 you know there, there he has some drops this year that's been a little bit concerning stuff that we don't typically expect to see from him i'd say um, he had one it was like a uh i forget if it was just like a swing route or something something pretty simple against penn state and you and saw him fight. It. You saw him fight that ball. There was one where he yeah. fought it and like double caught it. And I was like, "Come on, man! It's just we." I, and I don't know if it's just he's thinking I got to get that ball and get upfield too fast. I don't know what it really is. If it's just concentration, but yeah, there's some. There are some times where that's on tape and it's hard to ignore. I want to say he had a couple games where he had multiple drops this year. I'm gonna double check that real quick. I have a feeling you went for it. I I think I I'm pretty darn sure that I saw that and I was like, that's not good. And I saw him in game. I didn't see it like on a stat sheet. Cause I haven't looked. That's yeah. why I don't know. We um, came up with a little comp for him pre show. You, you um, had, you had a better one. I, I, I thought Jordan Matthews. Okay. And I said, if you look at their frames, I guess, and combine numbers, um, this guy also came up. So this guy that we're going to, you know, give him a quick comp to came in at six, three, two Oh nine at the combine ran a four, four, five, 36 and a half vert, 10, five broad. He went with the 14th pick in 2015. That was Devonte Parker out of Louisville, like identical size from what we're getting word that MHJ is. Mm -hmm. um, I think Marvin Harrison jr. Is a better prospect and a better player, but it's just, one of those things where they're so identical physically. And even the testing numbers that Devonte put up is about what you would expect Marvin to get at the yeah. combine. They should yeah. be that should they should be very close. They should so I he's got five drops this year. Yeah. One against Youngstown State. <laughs> one against Maryland. I feel like there's probably two. They're only crediting him with one on PFF, and we know how reliable PFF is. That's a whole another debate for another day. A whole another episode. Uh, yeah, that's all. Uh, that might be an episode at some point. Uh, and then three drops against Purdue. Yeah. 
They did not credit him with a drop against Penn State, but I think there was one there too. Uh, I thought there was one. I'm pretty sure there was one there. Uh, but right now, if if you're going off of PFF, he's got a 10% drop rate, which is yeah. too high great. for a guy that's going to go top five or top. Not great. Yeah, he's got he's well, got a few more games to rebound and improve that number. But we've seen uh, that Purdue game specifically. He was really having trouble concentrating and then when you look at the indiana game when they ran a lot of press six targets two catches notre dame was the other game they ran a lot of press seven targets three catches yeah uh you know so five catches between those two games where he was pressed a lot that seems to be his kryptonite you know we've talked about that extensively on the show so yeah he just doesn't work through press through physicality and press very well at all you need he wants space to operate yeah, or I think he maybe he feels like he deserves space. Like he thinks he's so athletic and so good, it's just going to happen. But I think he's faced some guys this year that are really, you know, I mean, and think about it, we talked about this as well. When you're the top guy and everyone knows you're the top guy, you're going to get everyone's best. Everyone you play is coming for that for that top dog. So you know, a guy that's normally a five out of six or five or six is going to bring his game to an eight or nine or ten today, and you yep. know that's it's like that in any sport. So. You know, you know, I'll give him props, too, because, you know, when he was a freshman, he he averaged 12 and a half yards a catch mm-hmm. as a sophomore. He averaged 16 and a half. And this year he's averaging 18.2. So that's that's another uptick with a less lesser impressive quarterback. Right. Uh, so that's that's a, I'm going to give him credit for that, too. Uh, his first down rate looks pretty darn good as well. He's got 28 first downs on 42 catches. So he's come up when they've needed him to in those situations. So, I mean, there's there's good stuff here, obviously. And, I mean, there's there's a reason why he's considered the number one prospect at the wide receiver position. So, um, Big-time player. But, yeah, I would – we talked about the incons- – the, 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 the few concerns. Every prospect is – there's not – there's no such thing as a perfect prospect. There's just – there's not. So – it's just it is what it is. We're gonna talk about all that different stuff and say, well, if this guy doesn't work out, this is why it's not gonna work out. Happens. Who you got with number four? Number four, I'm gonna go ahead and take Drake May off the board right here. I think that four is probably a good spot for him, especially with the rest of the guys that we're gonna talk about. Um six four and three eighths is what I got him at, two twenty. Redshirt sophomore out of Myers Park High in Charlotte, North Carolina, was a four-star guy coming out. Had a ninety-six point eleven rating on on three. Which, hey, if you don't use on three yet, you need to. That that site for high school stuff is killing it. They look they're awesome. So much more additional information that you can pull off of that site than twenty-four-seven or Rivals right now. Ironically, the same guy created Rivals and twenty-four-seven Sports. That's Terry Shannon. Or sorry, Shannon Terry. Uh, yeah, Shannon Terry. <laughs> <laughs> he created on three. So <laughs> this guy's been making these websites and he just keeps making them better. And on three is amazing. Uh, so if you're not using it, use it. Use yeah. it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, boy. There's no doubt that Drake May has incredible ability to extend plays and improvise, though he mostly becomes a runner under pressure. Very strong arm to push the ball downfield. May has NFL tools and a gunslinger mentality that make him dangerous. Coming from an athletic family, his brothers have competed for championships in multiple sports. Uh, one brother, Cole, won a baseball championship at Florida. He's got really great arm strength. It's evident as soon as he starts throwing the football. Throws a good touch. 
just doesn't seem to know when to use it yet. Uh, release is good, not great. We'll be fine at the next level, but don't expect anything overly special, though he can throw from different arm slots and maneuver the ball as needed. Struggles at times with struggles at times with accuracy in timing concepts. Uh, tends to force the ball under pressure when he was able to get away with some throws, but got burned more often than not. Uh, flashes pinpoint deep ball accuracy and placement. Uh, it's insane to see how how well he sees some plays open. Yeah, will miss on some intermediate crossers at times. That's so a little bit concerning. Feet's usually good. He's got good foot quickness. Uh, good athlete again. Very effective scrambler. Not a guy I really want to get running the ball per se. But no, I I wouldn't want that. I don't. I Aaron, don't think you need. I don't think you need to either. Like that's I said not, this. I said this last week. I'm gonna say again. Aaron Rodgers, my comp for him. I just. I can't think of a a, a skill set that better describes how Drake May plays football. And I don't. The more I thought about that, I don't. I don't hate that at all. I, I even like it. I think that's actually pretty solid. You want like it's just something you know. Aaron can run. You don't want them to run. Aaron can create off platform. Drake May can too. Aaron sometimes throws fastballs when he shouldn't. Drake May kind of does too. Um, I think the good, the interesting thing about Drake that people don't understand though is this year he is with a new uh, offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and he, so he's trying to get that young offense on schedule. Um, he's trying to get them all on the same page. It is tough in football. It's it's tougher than people realize. It's not Madden where it's just like new playbook, like adjust it to everybody. Everyone's going to go. It's tough to get everyone on the same time, everyone to run the same route, everyone to have the same adjustments and, you know, sight. like everything has to be flawless and he's super reliant on everyone else around him being the quarterback. So some of those struggles, sometimes I'm like, oh, he looked like he saw it, thought about it, then reacted a little late. But I'm like, yeah, I got, you know, it's probably something new to him and it's probably he's like oh shoot does my receiver understand what i'm seeing and maybe he does maybe he doesn't so i thought last year he looked a little more decisive this year he looks a little better you know that kind of sounds contradictory but i feel like he you can tell some reps in certain games like i don't think everything clicked the way it should have for that play it looked a little disjointed but um yeah he's a he's a elite prospect in my opinion i think in a lot of other classes he he would have been the top guy so Absolutely. I mean, he's got he's got size, arm strength, has all the new age arm slot throws. Yeah, he's um, an athlete for being yep. so big. He's not super long levered like like a Justin Herbert. I mean, he can really adjust his arm angles and throw with a compact release. There's a lot to like about the kid. Now, I think Shane back in the suit in the in the in the producer box over there, Shane, if he's with <laughs> us, <laughs> does Shane remember having any? Shane, get out here. Come on. Come on. Get up here for a second. We need you, Shane. Yeah. Do you do you remember the other Drake brothers in college, like in North Carolina? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, because there was the one that played when North Carolina went and they, they lost to was it Gonzaga a few years ago? In the in the in the, the uh national championship. Oh, in ba- in in basketball. Basketball. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah college yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah. One one of the May brothers was on that team, and he was like the star. Is that true? Yeah, that is that's I swear it's true. It's true. Shane, Shane, you got a you got a computer to help us out here. Shane just wants to talk about hockey. <laughs> I do like basketball though. I do like basketball. What's his name? Uh, so it was I can't remember his first name. Yeah, but it was a it was a May brother. He was it's one of Drake it's one of Drake's brothers. He was on the North Carolina basketball team. 
Luke May. Luke May. Yeah, Luke May. That's it. And they went and they competed for a national championship that year. I think that was the year that they made it, but they lost. And I can't remember if it was Gonzaga that beat them or if it was Connecticut or maybe it was somebody else. I can't even remember because it was a few years ago. I know. Yeah, Luke May. And he was he was a solid basketball player. I don't know if he I don't think he went on to the uh NBA or anything. I know he was on Drake May was on Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel and Bucky, and I remember he was talking about he had a bunch of stud brothers and family members that were sports guys or yeah, people, so whatever this, girls, you know. The stuff about Luke here, the, here's the accolades. Third team all American 2018, first team all ACC. Like think about third team all American, you're top twenty basketball player in, in college basketball yeah he did some time with the bucks uh in milwaukee i don't know where he is now though there was okay. one year they went to the playoff they they made it i think they made it all the way the point we're trying to make here is jake may comes from an athletic family absolutely yeah <laughs> he's an athlete what year was it that they made it that's that's killing me right now i like want to get i want to figure this out because um I remember them making a deep run. I thought that they made it really far. May was a huge part of it. All the years for it's been all the years for basketball. 2017. I think so. North Carolina went on to beat Oregon and Gonzaga to win the NCAA men's basketball national championship. He finished the season averaging 5.5 points per game. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was okay. it. That was a year because he was he was one of the guys that they were hyping up and talking a lot about. Yeah. Uh, most outstanding player of the NCAA South Region after scoring career highs in both wins over Butler sixteen, Kentucky seventeen, sending the Tar Heels to the Final Four with a nineteen foot jump shot with point three seconds to play. This is what I remember right here to give North Carolina seventy five seventy three win over Kentucky. That was first- him. Yeah, oh. that was Drake. That was Drake May's brother, dude. Yeah, he was six eight two forty, like forward. Oh dang! Yeah. So Dog. thank you, Shane. Appreciate you Thanks. there, buddy. <laughs> Anytime, my boy. Anytime. <laughs> like no, I'm serious. Like producer Shane. Yeah, crazy, 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 crazy family. Okay. In the sense of athlete, athletes, and then the brother, his other brother, won a championship in Florida. That. You know, like, like it's funny because wow. Luke May like had the national championship ring on the, on the, uh, you know, the I think it was college game day. They did a short, like a five minute short about them playing yeah. golf, and he has the national championship ring. He's like spotting his golf ball with his national championship ring <laughs> to to wave it in in Drake's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that stuff was funny. But that, sorry, I think. No, no, no. I, I think that matters too. Like you grow up your whole life playing high level sports with your brothers and your friend. Like that's that stuff translates just because you're used to. I mean, it sounds stupid, but you're used to those moments of just improvising and you know trying new stuff and just like being an athlete isn't something that you're working hard for. You're a natural mm-hmm. athlete, and I think that shows with Drake when you watch Drake man play it. And so. I think Aaron Rodgers, his brother Jordan played it. Vanderbilt for a couple of years, and, and now he's he an was analyst. on the, and then he was on the Bachelorette. And, <laughs> now uh, he's an analyst. Yeah, now he's an analyst, <laughs> yeah, he's analyst now. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> number five, Justin. Number who five. you got at number five? All right, this might shock some people, but uh, okay. we we talked about him pre-show too, and I, he's just impressed me 
maybe more than he should, but J.C. Latham, the right tackle from Alabama. Oh, He's listed man. at 6'6", 360. I would have never known that because when you watch him on tape, I mean, he has range. He's a legitimate tackle. He has long arms and probably the strongest hands in the entire class. I mean, the way he handles power and controls people once he gets his hands on them is outrageous. Um, and I know I've heard the move to guard talk, but I don't think that's necessary. This is a complete – this is a tackle. And uh, especially at that size, I mean, that's that's who you look for. This is the guy you look for to handle the Bosa brothers and, you know, Cros- Max Crosby, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. Like, you got to have long, rangy guys that can really handle themselves. Um, and I think we learned this with Daywan Jones, the rookie for the Cleveland Browns. Was he fourth round last year out of Ohio State? When a guy is just so big, even if he's not the most fleet of foot and skilled like Daywan Jones, just the fact that you have to get around them and clear them is tough. You know what I mean? It's it gives you an added advantage to being a smaller guy who wins with more technique, you know, technical ability and hand placement and blah blah blah. It's just having a big dude is a good thing to have. It's a good luxury to have. Orlando, Orlando Brown. I mean, he's made a career doing that, being the biggest guy. Yeah. Um, you know, so we got him. At, I got him at six five and two eighths, three twenty six. Uh, J C Latham. Yeah, J C Latham. Okay, good. Ju- Something like junior sixty does not make sense. No, three twenty six. Okay, good. Um, IMG Academy, Bradenton, Florida, uh, is where he, is, he's from. But he went to IMG. Which he's a top ranked recruit in that entire class, five star. Well, what's funny is Phil Steele's is always a little bit different. It's more consensus. Okay, and he had him as the second offensive lineman in that class. Um, that's why I always track what Phil Steele had because it's it's a very consensus. It's over the top of everything. Um, I don't have a report on him. As terrible as that sounds, it's just not a guy that I've taken a lot of notes on. I haven't looked at extensively. So, it's early, pal. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Well, with all the. <laughs> <laughs> third fourth sixth high priority free agents i know about i should know about jc latham but i haven't i haven't looked at him yet i just haven't yeah yeah he's uh the left tackle had a rough rough game against arkansas but against well who, what's his name landon jackson is it landon jackson yeah the defensive end for arkansas gave the left tackle i mean just a hell of a game but jc latham is you know as solid as ever and i know i said this pre-show i said he could end up being the first tackle taken you said absolutely not you're probably right, but I think his tape is fantastic. Uh, we'll see how he tests. Probably not as well as Olu will because Olu is a complete he, dancing yeah, bear. But uh, yeah, but um, yeah, Latham has Latham is, in my opinion, is probably going to be the second tackle taken when it all said and done. The, the tape is great, and he shows a lot of the things that just translate so easily for offensive tackles. So um, I think the only real thing you could say is what a lot of big guys do, and they lunge a little early here and there. But I think he does it a lot less than a lot of guys we see. He's probably one of the best Bama tackles I've seen. Man, he's better than Jonah Williams. He's better than Cam Robinson. He's better than Jedrick Wills. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, this is probably one of the best I've seen in a long time. So, Well, I, I know who I'm watching when I get home tonight. Get get your eyes on that tape, pal. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just downloaded a bunch of – I got the Alabama-Texas game. I can go take a look at get started there. Um, you should, as you should. All 22, baby. Oh, Thank yeah. God. All, All 22. Right, so you, you got number six? Did I take number five? Yeah, you got yeah, number you six. Got number, yeah, so number six. This is where it gets Ooh. dicey. 
Because yeah, this is this where is, we got a lot of guys that are kind of smushed in there. And I don't know if the class has really separated itself there too well yet. No, I think we're still in the range. We're trying to figure people out. But, you know, there's a guy I think that's really going to do a great job separating. And in the, in the last few years, we've seen corners come off the board really, really fast. Um, for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say uh, Kareem Jackson at Oregon. I'm gonna play Kareem? Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie. Kyrie. Excuse me. Kyrie Jackson. Alabama transfer. Uh, Alabama transfer. Yep. yep. Juco from Fort Scott was the 15th ranked junior, junior code prospect coming out. Is uh, a super senior this year. Has no more eligibility. 2023 and 2024 Senior Bowl watch list. Uh, long cornerback who can stay in the hip pocket of the receiver. Looks like a prototype cornerback for a match four system, which a lot of defenses are running in the NFL right now. We talked about that extensively on this show. Even before you were here, Justin, we were talking a lot about match four. Um, really good speed. He might test really, really well. Yeah. Very smooth hips. Excellent man-to-man coverage ability. Plays the football extremely well. Times his attack on the catch point extremely well. He's physical enough at the catch point to disrupt, but clever enough with it where he's not early. Um, good zone coverage positioning and ability. He's an absolute ball hawk. I really like what I've seen from Kyrie Jackson. I think between him and Kool-Aid McKinnistry, that's going to be the battle for the first corner back taken off the board. I think you're right. I think Kyrie Jackson looks like maybe not as fast, but a better player um, as Tariq Woolen, who is now a stud mm-hmm. for Seattle. I think yep. you're getting that type of corner. Do you want him in man all the time? Probably not. Against the bigger receivers i think he's you know he's who you draft to stop mike evans and marvin harrison jr and a lot of these taller dudes that you know can stack people downfield can win above the rim i think this is the problem solver for that i don't yeah. think you want him guarding this you know and antonio brown and calvin ridley like some of those guys might lose these these taller corners but Kyrie is an absolute baller. And I think, yeah, you put him in a lot of different zone coverages. He's going to look amazing. His length is crazy. The way he uses it is crazy. His recovery speed is good. Like there's a lot of things that add up to if, I mean, if this guy becomes the sum of his parts, holy shit, this is a, a big time corner. Yeah. And you've, you've liked him for a long time. You've liked him for a long time. The Colorado game is what caught my attention. Honestly, yeah. like, I, I was, uh, Felt like I was I was game. a Kool Aid guy until I saw that Colorado game and I was like, wait a second, we got to take a look at this guy. Yeah, uh, Kyrie's fun. Kyrie's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, Number seven. Oof, this is tough. So I think this is where I take my type of guy, and this is where I go. Dallas Turner. We have a lot of Alabama guys right now. A lot of Bama tra- everything. Just good team. I mean, it makes sense. But I want to go Dallas Turner. Okay. Def- Edge rusher from Alabama. Uh, what is he listed at? I, I, I got him I, at six oh two five and two forty two. Okay, I keep seeing like six five two fifty. I'm like, I, there's no chance in hell. No. Um, okay, so he's almost six three two forty two forty five. I think the the jump he made from last year to this year, and if you're watching, if you ever watch Alabama, look number fifteen, number fifteen on the tape. Um, slithery, smooth, flexible edge rusher. We talked about him, I think, last week with Jarvis. Yep. yep. Um, he's in that he's probably not Brian Burns. He's not as tall. He's not as long, but you're looking at a, maybe a Clavon chase on type of guy. Um, one of those undersides bendy edge rushers. He might not be as big as chase on was, but, um, no, the way he's, he's playing, I think he's about the, about, he's about there. 
You think so? I think Chase. Yep. I thought Chase Hunt came in at like six three, six four at the combine, but the way anyway, Turner, the way he played last year to this year, um, I think he might have had a little more, a few more. He had some really good highlights last year, but this year, putting his game together as such a complete player, the way he's handled himself against the run, and also just how loose he looks on this new Bama defense this year, that looks faster than it did last year. It looks it looks more complete. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the dude has added to his rush repertoire. I think there's a lot to like about him, even as an undersized guy. And I think, you know, he he could test maybe elite. I think there's a chance he, you know, blows us away and he could end up a top 10 pick. Um, I think the only real issue I have right now is, is he a speed to power guy? Probably not. He's probably going to end up winning the same way Brian Burns has made a career, just being, you know, a speed freak, a bendable, flexible edge rusher. But um he comes from Bama, and it shows because he, like I said, he handles himself against the run, which is not going to be a problem if you put him in a three-four scheme and say, "Hey, you're our outside backer, handle your business." He can do that. Well, the other thing he can do too is he can play the Hassan Reddick role. I don't think yeah. he. I don't think we're talking about him being. That's a rare role, though. <laughs> well, no, it's 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 expanded. It's expanded dramatically, and it's because of what Hassan Reddick did last year in the Eagles scheme. It's a copycat league. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike McCarthy was talking about this last week on his podcast, the GM pod. I forget what it's called, but uh, talking about how everybody is always worried in the league about losing their job. And it's showing more so this year because of the lack of versatility across the skin, the schemes in the league and everybody's stealing everything. If it works, they're running it. And it's yeah. like, well, if this doesn't work, then it's not our fault kind of deal. Cause you know, it worked right. over here and we're trying it. So it's like a, it's like a scheme to try to keep your job. Um, which was very interesting when you kind of think about it. The Eagles match four, half the league is running that now. As they should. Coming, coming into a couple, when Gannon took over that, nobody was running match four in the NFL. The closest thing you had to it was with the Legion of Boom and, and uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? The defensive coordinator who went to the Falcons and now with the uh, Cowboys. Quinn. Quinn. Dan, yeah. And Dan, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's was the closest to that, but he ran a lot of three, you know, and, yeah. and different stuff like that, where he would mix up the coverages and then Staley started disguising everything Then everybody started disguising and dropping people all over the place. And then yeah. Gannon shows up as like, I'm just gonna run match four. And now everybody's like, oh, that works. Let's do it. So, yeah. you know, that Reddick role, because Reddick filled it so well, people are looking for those types, you know. It's not as rare of a role as it used to be. I don't think we talk about him being an elite pass rusher if he's in the Reddick role, but he can play it. Yep. So uh, jun- he's a junior out of St. Thomas Aquinas. What a great high school, by the way. Another Florida boy. How many guys do we talk about out of St. Thomas Aquinas? <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> Feels like every year. <laughs> every year, there's three or four of them where we're like, go back and look one. at their go back and look at their alumni list of players that have been a big time players in the NFL, and it is crazy. I mean. You would think you could build a whole NFL squad just from guys that came from that high school. They're good every year, and they produce guys every year. So I remember Leonard Fournette came out of there. Uh, I want to uh, see who else did who real else. quick. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. I know that, that I, I write that high school down all the time, so I know that there's a bunch of them. I'm pulling up the list on Pro Football Reference. If you didn't know this, you can click on the high school, and it'll give you all the players. John knows all the tricks. The alumni, yeah. Tyran Matthew, Trey Turner. Uh, those are guys that came out of there. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, remember him, the running back? Yep. yep. He came the out law of firm. there. The law firm. 
Derek <laughs> Rogers back in the 90s and the early 2000s. I feel like there's so many more like reasons. Jackie Wallace. My dad's buddy from Costco. No. Okay. Long time DB. Legendary. Legendary Interesting. DB. Interesting. Uh, ja- uh, yeah, there's a there's like 40 guys here on the list. Basically, yeah, that's what I'm see. saying. There's a ton. The, this this school puts out a lot of prospects every year. Um, every year I'm typing that name in on guys all the time. St. Thomas Aquinas does a great job. So shout out Tom, St. Thomas Aquinas. There's a lot of college players that play there too. But anyways, five star, third third overall edge rusher coming out uh, according yeah. to Phil Steele. Great speed at the position like you talked about. I think he's got ridiculous upper body strength, especially when you consider his size. Yeah. Um, excellent lower body strength. He does have some power that he can generate from his lower body to, to use a bull rush. So I think that I've seen a little bit of speed to power personally. Yeah. Um, excellent Will it be hand his usage. trump card? Probably not. No, 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 but he can, he can use it. You know, so the yeah, more yeah, tricks yeah. you have, the more that they, you have to set up a guy the better you're going to be. And he's he can get into that at times when he wants to. Uh, excellent hand usage, very heavy hands, could disengage at will. I love his initial hand placement. Uh, he can bull rush or set himself up to do pretty much anything. Very strong tackling ability, intense player. He wants to punish people. Great wrap-up form. And I thought he does a solid job in zone coverage and coming back up and making plays on the football. You know, so you got a legit... If if you are running anything that's that's close to a semblance of a three four, you've got a legit guy. Take him, yeah. <laughs> you know, like don't don't overthink it. He's yeah. he's awesome. like I said, he's he's one of those guys. We I definitely want to see how he tests because on the field you're like this is this is a big time player. That's a big time athlete. Um, and then you know if he matches it with testing, he's got a lot going for him. Great tape, Bama pedigree, SEC pedigree. Like he has all that. Um, I think no, you know Nolan Smith. We saw how high he went last year. He's not going to run the four, whatever three that Nolan Smith ran. But I think this might be a better—I don't want to say better prospect, but a more easy edge rusher to watch and say that'll translate. He just looks different, looks more prototype. Um, so yeah. I think you're probably going to see a guy, yeah, go in the top twenty-five for sure, for sure. And I think Dallas Turner could make that rise into the top ten or fifteen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when we look back on it, it we're going to say he was a top 10 player in this class. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I just don't, I don't want cold takes exposed coming for me, so I got to stay safe. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yikes. <laughs> so I got number Two, nine, ten, eight? Eight. eight, number eight. Okay. Number eight. You know, I'm going to stick with the edge rushers, but I'm going to go with one that's a little bit more, that fits a 4-3 a little bit better. And I think we talked about him a little bit on the show, but, you know, and he's a, a very popular guy on Twitter and stuff. But Jared Verse at Florida State, uh, 6-3-2, so 6-3 and a fourth, basically. 248 was on the Senior Bowl watch list this year and Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Super yeah. Retro Junior transfer from Albany out of Central Columbia in Dayton, Ohio. Um, very a tra- like an absolute game record. Uh, Albany's Albany was versus only offer coming out of high school, where he was listed as a six four, two hundred forty seven pound edge player from Central Columbia High. So get this, this guy comes out. Albany's the only school with the balls to give him an offer, and so he goes to Albany. He catches everybody's attention because Florida State is scouting for Syracuse. 
and they got the Albany tape from when Syracuse played Albany that year, and they see, hey, who's this motherfucker running down the field chasing Sean Tucker? Like that's that's <laughs> legit how he got found. He chased yeah. down Sean Tucker in the open field, and they were so impressed they had to go ahead and offer him as soon as he entered the transfer portal. He had twenty five to thirty offers, like absolute flip. Um, and we we talked about we talked about this before the show. Brian Arak Arakpo type athlete. That is our comp. Yes, and Brian. Brian Arakpo. Don't know. Brian Arakpo was the thirteenth overall pick in two thousand nine out of Texas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just a solid, explosive edge rusher with heavy, heavy hands. I think Arakpo is probably more raw coming out. Arakpo is just pure power and speed. He didn't really know what he was doing. Where Verse has heavy hands and he knows what he's doing. He's got a repertoire of moves. He's got a like a full pass rush arsenal that he can you know put out there. He's not the most bendy guy, but I don't think that matters a lot for his game because I mean he has insane get off. Like we talked about, he has the hands. He has so much going for him. Um, how high do you think he could go? We've talked about him a little bit, but what, what do you what do you realistically look? Do you think he's a it's top hard. fifteen pick? No, I think he's a lock at top fifteen. Personally, okay. I think he's a top ten guy, just okay. because edge rusher is going to come off the board. But top five, I don't know yet because the hardest thing about talking about projecting yeah, forward yeah. is we don't know who's picking yet. We have no idea. Like, yeah. Well, you got to kind of the two quarterbacks, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olu. Is there an edge rusher that gets in there? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. So he's a freaking good player. Top, I think he's a lock at top fifteen, though. I don't think he gets past thirteen. He might go if the latest thirteen or a Rackpo went, and which would be ironic because I think that their testing is going to be ridiculously similar. Yeah, we so. looked at that and it looks pretty darn good. <laughs> I, I think Arakpo had like a ten ten broad, and that might be the only thing we're like, all right, he didn't hit that insane broad jump, but everything else looks pretty. Yeah, Thirty nine vert and four six forty, like yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think okay. he'll be very close on the testing side. But go ahead with number nine there, Justin. This is tough. This is my last pick of the top ten. Um, oh, I feel like we're gonna get roasted. I'm gonna get roasted for leaving this guy off my board. But I, I got to go, Malik Neighbors, the, the LSU wide receiver. Yep. I just don't know how he doesn't become like an absolute stud in the NFL. I think the only thing that you could knock on him is he might come in at 5'11 at the combine, you know, but like the way he can play any spot on the field, separate from any coverage on the field, he catches the ball effortlessly. He tracks it effortlessly. He gets deep. He is, he's a great route runner. Um, there's just so much to his game that I'm like, I don't, you know, if, if like we talked about this, if you said he becomes the best receiver from this class, that wouldn't shock me. It's just because there's not a lot of ways to shut him down. There, he's great after the catch. He, you can move him any. I just, I think he's an elite player. I really do. Uh, I think Dane Brugler, or maybe it was just the entire athletic staff said he's just a, a much faster version of Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm-hmm. who went in the top fifteen in last year's draft out of Ohio State, and I think that's probably. That's a pretty good comparison, um, but like like they said, he's much faster. Like there's a lot more suddenness and overall just, just game speed that you're seeing from this kid. So, you know, if he runs, I, he's definitely going to run sub four five, and uh, it, it wouldn't shock me to see him run run sub four four five. Like he could, he might hit the high four three. I don't know, but there's definitely some big time speed because when you watch him downfield, I mean, when he's even, he's leaving, and 
that's what you look for. I mean, you want guys that can really get that that extra gear to get deep. So, yeah, he's he's my ninth pick for another Bruce Feldman's freak list player. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Six, yeah. Nice. This is six foot and five eighths, 188 pounds. Uh, he's a good speed, special athlete. Might test very well. Uh, smooth feet through his brakes. Mentioned that. I think he's got a very strong release ability. He gets to press yeah. the relative ease. Like, it's not a problem for him. Yeah. Um, I did think he struggled tremendously through traffic at times. You know, he's a guy that you want to get up into space. I think that's probably where the Smith Najigba comes from. Yeah. Um, but the one thing about him that he's a lead at is he's just crazy after the catch. You get yep. him with the ball in his hands and open field with green grass, he's going to slay. He's amazing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I could see him being a top 10 player out of this class. I don't know if he goes top 10 just because there's going to be other needs and other positions yep. that people are going to prioritize over that. But he could absolutely very well be a top 10 player when all said and done, we look back on the class. I think it'll it, – it, it'll come down to his testing because he's probably the top wide receiver in the class that doesn't, that isn't like his type. Cause we got Odunze um, from Washington, Keon Coleman from Florida state, Marvin Harrison, Jr. A lot of bigger guys. And I think Malik neighbors, if he doesn't run, if he doesn't test super, super well, you're not going to take the smaller guy who didn't test super well earlier than them. So he's got a, he's got a test really, really good. Um, but then, yeah, he could, he could hear his name top 15, maybe top 10. This is a really, really good player. Yeah. Yeah. So 10th pick really comes down to two guys. And, you know, I think we talked about one of these guys before we got on. And I'm going to I'm going to probably leave him off. And so I'm just going to give him honorable mention because I think he could be a really good player. And I think he's probably going to be a top 15 top might be a top 10 pick. Jerzon Newton out of Illinois. Honorable mention. Had a feeling. <laughs> but number 10, it's you can't leave this guy off the top 10 players because he is going to be an absolute freak at the next level. You're gonna they're gonna find ways to get him in space, make him a, a vicious player, and it's Brock Bowers, the tight end of Georgia. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean Un- unfortunately hurt for the rest of the is he hurt for the rest of the year? He's out, right? No, uh, he could come back for the playoff. Okay. So if he comes back for the playoff, look out. He's gonna be a bad man on a mission. Uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list guy, six three five, so six three five eighths, two hundred thirty pounds, junior out of Napa, California. It's a four star guy coming out, very high four star. Been a starter ever since he walked into basically Georgia. Um, yeah. Great speed for the position group. Excellent upper body strength, very physical, excellent explosiveness. Strong route runner. Ran a very complex route tree from multiple places on the field. Does struggle with concentration drops every once in a while. It's not crazy. But, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that you can scheme. You can put him in the slot. He can run in line. He's small compared to other tight ends, but he's got the strength. He plays up bigger than he is. And the only reason we really noticed that he was small was because he was next to Darnell Washington for two years. We're in, you know, 6'7", 260-pound mammoth over there. And, like, that's how we were like, wait, Brock is Brock Bowers that big? Like, you would never guess it watching him. He's an absolute freak. Um, I think not, when all is said and done, he's a top 10 player. Not many guys that are that sudden at his size or tight end in general. Like the way he, I'd say he's a linear player, which, okay, yes. so he's, North he's not going to, 
Yeah, he's not going to dance. Yeah, he's not going to cross you over. But, like, oh, my God, once he gets the ball in his hands, the ability to just shoot upfield and go is shocking, like receiver shocking. So, um, yeah, I think you live with that. For him being a little undersized, you live with the fact that, all right, well, once he gets the ball in his hands, like they're running end arounds and stuff with him at Georgia. That's ridiculous. He's he's scoring touchdowns on him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, like I don't know if I've seen a tight end that I'm like, oh, he's as fast as Brock Bowers is right now. Like it's not maybe for I mean Vernon Davis, okay, was an absolute psycho freak athlete that he yep. doesn't count alien. Kyle Pitts ran in the four fours, but I mean on tape, Brock Bowers Didn't is see the, it. no Brock Bowers is the guy that's like holy crap. Um you did bring up Jerzon Newton. I think people are gonna be confused why we left him off. What was your reason for leaving him off your top ten? Well, just the fact you went neighbors. Okay. I wouldn't have had neighbors in the top 10. Okay. And I would have gone nine would have been Bowers. Number 10 would have been Newton. Gotcha. Okay. I like you. Newton's- you have you have a whole other reason. I'm going to let you get into that. So I no, I was just curious. And it was something that I kind of was I, me and a buddy were talking about him last week. And I was like, yeah, like we were watching him. And there, he wins up. He shoot. He gets up field. He's a gap shooter. He really wins up field easily. He's violent with his hands. Um, he's good against the run and the and the pass. Everything about him is great. The only concern I have is there's a noticeable lack of pop in his hands. There's a noticeable noticeable lack of jolt, and him kind of he doesn't move guys. He moves around them. You know what I mean? It's almost like when you when he wins a rep, you're like, I didn't really feel that win because he kind of just scooted around. You never see him affect the player in front of him other than you know, them trying to catch him, which is fine. I just, we, and we talked about this pre-show too. Who's the last first round offensive or defensive tackle that won like that, that we could say, yeah, like he doesn't really, he's not really a, a guy that has power that has Joel in his hands. He's in, it's hard to think back and really pinpoint a guy like that. That's my only concern with him. History doesn't look good for him. And especially being how undersized he is, He's listed at like 6'2", 295, but I don't know if he is. Because uh, even know, Aaron Donald coming out of college that. had some jolt. No, yeah, I got him at 6'1 and a fourth and 295. Okay. Yeah, he's, so he's my, my comp my comp firm was Geno Atkins. Fair. Which I think if you're that's getting fair. a Geno Atkins player and you know that that's the oh, career. You're, you're freaking top 10. Top <laughs> yeah. 10. You know what, yeah. like. I don't think Atkins went top 10 when he came out, but you know, if there was a redraft, you could go back. I don't even think Atkins went first round actually. I don't think so either. No. Yeah. But if you, if you, if there's a redraft and you knew who Atkins was going to be, you'd take him first round. Right. So I guess that's our hope. Can Newton become, is that his ceiling? Can he become that? Um, Cause I do like him, but I think it's one of those things where like, we talked about it last week with Jarvis, I think Twitter and a lot of people, the media has already kind of boosted this guy up. And now it's like, can we actually talk about his evaluation or is it too late for that? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. But, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. You wanted to get into something where you wanted, you were like, is there an elite defender in this class? Yeah. That was a question I asked before the show. Is there one guy that we could say that's a blue chip defensive prospect in this class? Do you think there is? Not yet. I don't. I don't because I don't. I do like we just. I don't think Newton is that guy. Um, I don't think Dallas Turner is that guy yet. Potential, potential for it. Um, I don't think any of the corners are blue chip yet. I, like Kyrie Jackson is a high level dude. Kool Aid McKinstry is a high level guy. Um, 
I do like Leatu, Leatu Latu, the defensive end from UCLA. Mm-hmm. Again, is he a blue chip? elite player disposition because when i when i think about a blue chip guy i think okay even in the nfl this is going to be one of the top five players at his position that's what i try to go off of you know and then you kind of work back from there i don't see that with any of these guys i don't think uh i think there's some safeties that are really good but no one that's popped yet that i'm like dude this you know this is an elite player no matter what so we didn't i didn't put him top 10 because i think there's one guy that's got the potential too but it's going to be it's going to be more so because of the value that he brings to a team. Who's that? It's Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene. Uh, like Iowa. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the one guy, because I know that he can play safety. I yeah, know I that he's he going should. to be good at it. I think he should, too. What? I know that he's going to be a great return specialist, too. You know, so when I look at those two things, that's... That's going to be a guy that's going to be considered top five. Maybe not necessarily because he's a top five safety in the league, but because of the value that he brings to a team. He'll be top five. Yeah, I think your hope for him is he can bring some like real versatility. Can he play nickel? Can he play strong safety? Is he good enough to play free? Like, What is his specialty? And then I think he worked down from there. What is he best at? And then can he do these other things? I haven't really dug into his all 22 yet, and I'm kind of excited to because I know when you watch Iowa games live, you're like, oh, that dude's a baller. But then, you know, we've had that in the past with so many players. And then you get into him, you're like, oh, shoot, I spoke too soon. And now well, I, yeah, I, I, I saw him at the Music City Bowl against Kentucky. Yeah. And he was electric, dude. Yeah. Electric. And then, I, you know, this week, it's it, Iowa fans are pissed off for good reason because they called his punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. A, a fair catch because he, pointed at the ball or something i guess yeah i i don't even get me started there i've watched that a million times and i can't figure out what they were and then i i mean there was other plays in that game where he was doing the same thing other plays in other games where everyone's doing the exact same thing i, I yeah i guess like i said i don't want to get into it but you see that's very, the thing is very frustrating. i saw a former referee talking about this and he made a really great point he said i want my my games that I ref that I officiate have to be, um, they, they had the, the result. We have to be talking about what the players did on the field, not what the officials did to mess with the game. We saw that and in the NFL this year, too, those. This, this weekend too. The yeah. NFL had a few games this weekend where like the official, I mean, what was the Colts game? The NFL announced we had two plays now that the end of the game that we fudged up and it affected the game. And that's, unfortunate but um look in the long term scheme of things cooper dejean 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 yeah i think it's dejean maybe dejean i don't know yeah he's gonna be a good player uh it's always hard to see a white secondary player and like focus harrison on how smith buddy on how he, <laughs> that's like one that's like one and focus on like how good is he really well how athletic is he really he's thrown me <laughs> off a little bit i'm really excited to get to his all 22 just to be like all right is the hype really real because you guys that are return men and guys that just play a lot of positions, you know, especially in like a you know a, a program like Iowa, if their coach is putting him there, he's a baller. But now yeah. it's just what does he really bring to an NFL defense? So, um, you have any other honorable mentions from our top ten? By the way, you brought up Newton. Uh, I wanted to bring up Joe Alt, the left tackle from Notre Dame. Okay, yeah, because I think he, I thought last year, 
the hype was not warranted. And I was like, ah, there's some. He's he's okay. He doesn't really ha- he doesn't really have the power that I want to see. I think his size actually kind of limits him. It's just there's a lot to his game that's kind of disjointed, and I don't think he's the sum of his parts. But this year, this season, I think it's all come together. I think his timing is his hands and feet are in unison a lot better. I think his size doesn't look like it's a big issue anymore. As far as like, is it holding back his range? Is he a knee bender? Or is he a waist bender? I think this year. This is a dude that could actually like put himself in the top five conversation with some of the top tackles and just top prospects overall. So um, I'm hesitant to just like make that big of a leap on a certain prospect, you know, like from last year this year. But he's definitely ascending on my board. Um, let's see him. Oh, and then Cameron Kitch- Cameron Kitchens, the safety, safety Miami, yeah, safety Miami, yeah. Uh, I think he's listed like six one two zero five or something. Yep. Will uh, old school player? Well, those two safeties at Miami will absolutely smack you in the mouth. They'll I'll hail you. <laughs> this this might be a bit of a hot take, but I like the other safety better, James Williams. He's an athlete, bro. Yeah, he and he's six four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into him probably at another pot in another episode yeah. because yeah, he was the I think he was the top ranked. Was he the top overall recruit or just the top safety recruit? When top they both top DB, recruit? I think. I don't think he's a top DB. I think so. Yeah, they're both amazing. Um, Watching them kind of interchange and play both positions and do everything is really fun. So, but yeah, Kinchins has just stood out because he's made, he's the guy that really wants to smack you. And he, I, in today's day and age with how soft football is getting in general, it's really refreshing to see some of these dudes like, I don't care, man. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to blow somebody up and I'm going to make the offense feel me. So he's been pretty cool to watch. Uh, I don't know if he's around one guy yet. Probably not. Maybe, but it's a maybe. He's probably you know back half, back top, last five, ten picks or something like that. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard if you're safety to go first overall because a lot of teams don't have the justification to take a safety in the first round, and so that's unless it's the last seven, eight picks, you're probably not going first round if you're a safety. You're usually a luxury pick as a safety. So yeah, it's now. There's two guys that I would put on it's honorable mentions that we didn't mention. And so number one would be the offensive tackle at Duke. I think Graham Barton is a very, very solid player. I mean, yes. great footwork, great anchor, strong and capable as a run blocker. He's more of a pass blocker, but he's very capable as a run blocker. That's a left tackle that I would feel comfortable putting my quarterback behind. Uh, I think he's had a lot to do with the success Riley Leonard's had. In fact, he did not play against Notre Dame. And Riley Leonard got hurt. So <laughs> I'm just saying, yep. uh, I, your left tackle is really important. And I, I think Graham Barton's one of the best in the country. And then uh, Keon Coleman, Florida State. Yep. I wanted to talk about him too. Yeah. That's a wide receiver that can freaking play. I, he can freaking play. He's a, I, just a big, big boy with crazy athleticism. I hope he tests just, I mean, I hope he goes elite full-blown testing because i just want to see the conundrum he puts teams in with him and marcus harrison jr and just like the scout talk and like the media talk i it, i want the chaos i want him to make it a real conversation because look if he comes in a legit a legit six four and has his um, you know we've seen his tape his tape's crazy if he can back that up with elite testing oh bro like that's that's a conversation I don't think most people want to have because they want it to be easy. Like, no, we're going to take Marvin Jefferson Jr. But like a second elite prospect is sitting there staring at you. It's really tough to separate. So I want that madness. See, so. see, that's the thing. That's the difference between you and me. And I think it's probably because of where we live. You're in Colorado. I'm in Tennessee. There's a certain substance 
that's legal where you are that's not legal where I am. Right. That that makes you feel a lot better about chaos. So yeah, yeah. that might have something to do with it. But it would awesome. be fun to it would be fun to see Keon like run a four three nine and leap forty two inches. Yeah, you know, like, like that would be crazy. Oh shoot. Yeah. Now what, what do we now, do? Now what? Uh, you know? Yeah. Because you know, you know, and that's the thing. I was like, teams have these conversations. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the media. We talked about it with Jarvis again last week. Sometimes they're just like, yeah, no, we, you know, we said this guy's better all year. Let's just stick with it. But team, there's gonna be people in those war rooms that say, hey, like, explain to me why we cannot even talk about this. Why this guy has to go before this guy? There, there has to be a justification. What do they look like in our offense? What do they look like three years from now? Do are they done growing? Is there a different? It, is a four three nine that much different than a four four five in our offense? Like, how do we? about that so yeah i I think you know i'll pop an edible and just watch the craziness go down (laughs) while you over there have to (laughs) suffer yeah thanks i love you too buddy oh yeah man (laughs) well i think that's about all we got the all the time we got for the show here tonight but thank you all again for tuning in oh shoot i totally forgot about this i have an ad read uh, DraftKings, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code Sick Sports. Sick Sports. Next customer, new customers can score two hundred dollars instantly with a win of a their first bet. So you can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets, and just go ham at it. Start taking and it, shots, and it doesn't have to win. Your bet just has to settle. Your bet just has to be settled, and you get those two hundred free bucks. You don't have to even win it. So you don't even have to win it. I don't think so. Now put that five dollars on the underdog and just see what happens, pal. That's even better, dude. That's just like that's crazy. I know. I know. That's crazy. Hey, that's so, that's I feel like Kevin Hart over here discovering like that's 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 too much magic. That's too much magic. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, good callback to that commercial, man. Nice. Yeah, it's a good commercial. You got Fitz Fitz Magic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much magic. Uh, that's too, too much good. magic. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you can follow okay. the show at SickPod NFL Draft. You can follow me. This is on Twitter X if you're not tracking. Follow me at Draft Vogel. Follow Justin at Gam Scout. Does Shane have a Twitter account? He doesn't want it. He doesn't want the shout out. He's a humble young man. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't either. Shane, you need to give us your Twitter if you have it so we can get that squared away and start shouting out our producer properly too because you're here two-thirds of the time, yeah, I yeah. think. So, anyways, thank you again for tuning in. That's our top ten. Big board, mid-season, I guess we could say. We'll probably revisit it later on in the year and expand on it, go deeper down the rabbit hole of NFL yeah. draft scouting. And uh, we'll be back at it next week. Thank you again. Yeah, man. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.